When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Clear the Cash. I'm your host, Nate List. You can find me on Twitter at an outrage Jew. And of course, with me is Jesse Bach. You can find him on Twitter at planet underscore fatness. Jesse, we're one week on, one week off. How are you feeling right now? Uh, exhausted. I the, the reason that I was not able to record this previous week was because I worked an, a week of overnight of the, grave, the graveyard shift in my work. And... I feel like I just got off a plane from China. Um, I just, uh, dude, uh, I can't, I can't do nights anymore, man. It it screws up my sleep so much. I don't know how often you've worked nights, but damn, like if we have any graveyard shift workers, like more power to you guys. Shout out to you, like you guys are monsters. Um, but I don't know how much longer I could do it for. Well, I feel like I just worked a graveyard shift because I had to help my 75-year-old father set up a wireless printer over the phone. <laughs> okay. All right. So. And let me just tell you that there are few things on this planet, to my knowledge, that are more difficult than helping somebody who is technology uh, you know, inept set up something that requires multiple layers of understanding and experience. It is... Very, very, very difficult. Very difficult. I'm sure I, I've I've heard this in like movies, or, or I've seen this in movies where like a person, uh, like an old person who's like never used a computer before, and they have to send an email. Like they're like, oh my god, you could send mail like on the computer. You don't, I don't have to write a note or something, or and like mail it to somebody. And uh, their their son or daughter is explain is explaining it uh, to them over the phone and. So they're on their on they're on their computer. They're trying it with them on the phone, and they're like, "Oh, what's this E? What's this E down here?" And and they're just like, "Holy hell, I got I can't do this." Let me just tell you, peak pissed off when you're trying to help somebody set this up. When you hit that final moment, when you know that they're not going to be able to connect it, and this level of technology is beyond them, you just get so mad. You're like, why do you still use paper? It's 2021. <laughs> Who's printing anything? I told my dad, I go, I don't even read stuff if people give it to me a paper. I don't read books. Don't show me anything. Quit printing stuff. Number one. That was number one. That was the first thing I said. He goes, he goes, my printer, it got disconnected. First off, I said, since... We started talking. Have you touched the printer? And he said, yes. And I said, well, we're fucked. I said, now <laughs> we're fucked. You should have never touched the printer because one time I dialed in his whole stereo system, TV, again, technology way beyond his time. And I said, this is all you have to do to turn it on. And then he texts me and he goes, it's not working. I'm, I'm not seeing what I'm supposed to see. And I call him. And I go, I go, what did you hit? And he goes, I didn't hit anything. And I go, okay. I go, well, what do you see on the screen? And he tells me, I go, well, you wouldn't see that if you didn't hit this other button. And he goes, okay, I did hit that other button. And I go, you said you didn't hit anything. And he goes, well, I might've hit that button. And then we get down the line and the guy's hit like 20 buttons. Like all of his settings are fucked. And so I'm realizing that like, I can't deal with my father over the phone solving any technological problems. So Jesse I'm super pissed off right now. Very angsty. I'm as outraged as the sign behind me would indicate. But I feel great because we have great news for the audience of this show that can give two shits about my father's technological problems. <laughs> but if any of you work for Canon printers, I'd like to talk to you on a sidebar because I got some problems with your janky equipment. Jesse, some pretty interesting PSA acquisition news broke. And I know you're very, very excited about this. So would you please lay it upon the audience? Absolutely. Um, Collectors Universe, the parent company of uh, PSA, 
Uh, and Nat Turner, um, Collector's Universe and Nat Turner acquired uh, the powerhouse uh, data uh, sales data platform card ladder. Um, this is this is enormous um, in terms of implications of what this will have for the hobby. Um, I think, uh, I mean, card ladder memberships, they're already, it's all, it, you know, as a standalone company, they've done far more than I think what anyone has ever really expected out of, out of a data, uh, a sales data source, um, especially one that is run by like five or six people. So just to see their technology and um, what their and and their their sales data actually appear on PSA's website at you know at some point in the future this is still like a work in progress even though the company was was just acquired um, it's this is huge this is like Nat Turner is Thanos and he just acquired his final Infinity Gem like this is <laughs> this is an this is huge it's to see that data on that's on a on a platform that has as many eyeballs as and popularity as PSA does to see that data on their actual website i mean i that's going to reach so many people and and people will even if like people don't have a card ladder membership now or in the future whenever this data be, uh, goes live on PSA's website um it's like everyone's going to have access to this now as long as you have like a PSA subscription which which a lot of people likely do. This is the worst parallel that anybody's ever made at least on this show but does this not feel like when Sunday night football brought in PFF statistics? I feel like that's the merger that I'm saying, right? Oh uh, like people um, or, uh, he's not going to listen to this show so I can I can say this. Uh like people's kind of started semi respecting Chris Collinsworth after that happened. And uh, I mean it's it's his isn't that his baby like AWS basically with uh yeah. Okay, all right. I I figured. Yeah. But but here's the thing. We don't know that he doesn't listen to this show. Just it's a very popular show. Very very popular show. So let's not downplay the fact that Collinsworth probably does. I would there's probably better odds that he listens to this show based on the numbers than that he doesn't but i digress this is super cool tool that they've that they've acquired and to be honest with you like you said the market this these guys went beyond what i think many people thought was capable in this market and not only did they go beyond it the bar that they set is pretty tremendous oh they've uh i i've 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 credited both market movers and card ladder uh for uh data that I've used to, to kind of back up my points on previous cards and players. Um, and what card letter has done over the last, uh, you know, six plus months, they've there's, I'm sorry, there's nobody that comes even close to what they're doing and what they're about to do. Um, it's, it's not even cl like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for, for the people that listen to the show that religiously use market movers, but it's like card ladder by a country mile. It's not even close. Um, with what they've been able to do and it's uh, like just something you know uh cool about this about this deal that they made is that they're still you know card ladder has been i think recently the starting in 2021 they started tracking sgc sales uh like sales of sgc slabs um in addition to psa and bgs and psa is still going to continue to allow them to track sales of all three grading companies uh, all three slabs so which is that's pretty that's like very telling of uh, PSA and how comfortable they are in their own product. It's almost like it's almost like uh, like a I don't know, like a price like a pricing comparison feature on you know, uh, on car insurance or like directly on, on like, I, I forget, like pro doesn't progressive have something like that or kayak has that with, uh, with, with traveling. So like they, they literally have on, on their actual website, they have the price comparison of like the other company of their competitors, essentially. Kayak is Definitely the TJ Maxx of travel websites. There's no doubt about that, Jesse. Oh, I still use Kayak. I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I love TJ Maxx. Yeah, Kayak, literally, you might have to use a Kayak to get from place to place. Their deals are so cheap. <laughs> but like you're saying, the, the implications of this 
are absolutely enormous. And what I do love about what you're saying about Nat Turner and what PSA is doing is they're not going in trying to trying to screw up a great thing. Like Card Ladder didn't get to the place that they're at by being throttled down. They were more creative. They did greater data research. They created better tools, right? Just like this network that we're on Rotor Underworld. They're very much ahead of the rest of the space because not only did they create functional, very uh, unique tools, but aesthetically, they work well. From an efficiency standpoint, they're very fluid. They just did something very impressive. And now with the backing of a company this significant with all this data, um, it really feels like the sky is the limit. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I don't even know where they go from here. It just... it. It's pretty impressive. I'm, I, I mean, I, I can't say I'm like super unbiased, but I, it, it, like, even if I had no connection with either of those two individuals, Josh and Chris, like, I consider both of them like good friends, uh, in the hobby, and you know, we we talk about like random cards. If I if I'm at a card show and I I see something that either of them would like, I'd like hit them up immediately, um, and we just you know we just talk about PCs and. And whatever and they're they're really good guys but like honestly i don't know if you could have come up with like a better duo of building a plot like the platform that they did with sales data just just because they're they're true passionate collectors like they just want i think the reason why they 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 built their website in the first place is just so um it's it like i don't know if they have investors in mind, but they, they really just want everybody who's genuinely interested in staying in the hobby to have as much data and information as possible when it comes to putting putting their money on a card, um, whether it be for a collection or an, or as an investment. Like, I, I think their intentions are, are, are for the best for everybody who uses their website. Um, and they're true collectors at heart. So they, they're, they know the hobby inside and out. They've, they've been in this thing for a long time. Well, before the cool, well before like the, the super cool and rich kids started hopping in. So, um, and, uh, you know, in terms of the implication, like in terms of how this can, this can affect the, the PSA website, PSA had a lot to gain with this transaction as well, just because, um, with, with I I know Nat has ever since Nat acquired um and Nat and his group acquired Collectors Universe, they were really big on trying to upgrade the PSA set registry and provide as much data and numbers and pricing with that uh service as possible. And they want more and more people to start using it. And if they have uh you know a, a platform a sales data um source that will give them more data than just the regular, uh, than what PSA already had, which was just, they basically just had a PSA uh, slab only eBay sales, like data search bar. Like it, it was, it was very, so basically they only track PSA cards and they had to have sold via auction on eBay. They can't, they can't sell it for buy it as buy it now or be sold as best offer, it had to be an auction. So you'd, you'd basically like really only see PWCC stuff on there or a couple, you know, a couple of auctions here and there if, 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 um, if, if it involved like a, a specific PSA card, but the amount of like they, the amount of data that they had on their website before they acquired card ladder was like a drop in the ocean compared to what they're getting now. So it's just, they had a lot to gain from the deal. I'm sure I, I don't want to put words in, in Josh's Chris, Chris's or Christina's mouths or, you know, the, the, the five or six person team there, but I'm sure over, you know, they've been doing this for a year and a half, close to two years at this point. And I think the amount of cards that they've been tracking and the amount of features that they've been releasing on the website, it's, it's a lot for, for that team to be able to continue to put out such a high-end product as they have for such a long period of time. So I think they realize over time that, holy shit, like this is, you know, we're doing really good things and there is going to be a point where we're going to have to scale. We're going to have to, we're going to have to have more bodies, how have more than just five or six of us, um, be able to continue to put this this high-end product and track this many cards, as many thousands, tens of thousands of cards, um, 
accurately, not just not just like throwing numbers out there. They have to vet the data. They have to make sure that the sales make sense and that they they are within like a regular typical range of what cards go for. So, um, it was on. It was honestly a win win for for both companies. There's no doubt about it. Now. Obviously, Jess, you're incredibly enthusiastic about this move. You can tell you're smiling from ear to ear. This is great news for you. You're a big fan of Card Ladder, and you've talked about them on this show previously. So for the people that don't currently use the service, now learning about its implementation with PSA, is there a favorite feature of yours on the Card Ladder website? I couldn't wait for you to ask me this question, Nate. So... Um, yes, there is. And it was launched, uh, about a week ago or so. So it's, it's a very new feature. And this is like, you're bringing like, if for people who have card ladder memberships or have card ladder pro the app, um, these people are bringing a gun to a knife fight, like with, with the amount of information that you can get from this. So, um, we've, we've mentioned previously that card ladder, they have to, they basically track cards that they that um, their community members, basically their subscribers, uh, up or downvote on in terms of whether or not they want the website to track these cards, these specific cards, a, a card in a specific grade or raw condition, whatever. Um, so they 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 use a lot of the input from their subscribers to kind of know what what their users actually want tracked. So they released this feature. Um, I believe it's the the uh, search, sales search feature, sa- sales history feature. It's a it's a sales history search bar of um, of pretty much any card that has sold. That's not. It doesn't even have to be tracked on their website. It doesn't. It doesn't just have to be like a Patrick Mahomes rookie prism silver PSA ten that that they probably update on a daily basis just because of how often that card sells. Um, it could be anything. It could be any card that has ever sold in the past, like twenty to twenty-five years, online, on eBay, on uh, Golden, on MySlabs, on Robert Edwards, on Leland's, on Heritage, on any of the fifteen uh, either auction houses or online sales platforms that Card Ladder exclusively tracks sales data for. So. The, the reason that this feature is enormous is because there are cards that don't sell often whatsoever. There are cards that don't sell for five, six, seven years that the website doesn't track. And all of a sudden you can, you can look up that card. You can look up that rare insert player X card that sold from 2014. And you know, guess what? It's a one of one. This dude never wanted to part with it, but all of a sudden he needs the cash now, and suddenly it's available at auction for eBay. So you can see with with this feature what what makes this feature especially cool. All right, so that's like that's already that's already pretty awesome that you could see a fairly comprehensive uh, sales data just just with this search function on the I, website. I just want to say, Jesse, for the people listening that don't understand, this is a massive data lift, by the way. What you're explaining, like it comes off so matter of fact, but to have all this data pulled together and distributed this way is fucking mind-bending. Dude, Josh Cardboard Chronicles, he is a programming monster. I swear to god, like this, I mean, he's he's a he's a very, very intelligent individual who's worked for like 400 companies um, in the past. Like he's he's very sharp um, in and out of the hobby and what he does professionally, programming, um, coding. So the the fact of the matter, like the the means of them having this data and be being able to not just not just have the data, but being able to to kind of funnel it down into this search function and have it be readily available for any of their users is incredible. Like it's just, I can't imagine how much time and effort went into this. And from, you know, from all the auction houses, from all, from eBay, from everything, all of this sales data into this one search, search function on the website. And I know it's only going to get better with time, but it's already pretty damn impressive. Um, it's, I, I can't imagine how much time it took to, to be able to be able to, um, release this function and what's what's crazy is that what's like especially crazy about this function is that not only do you see 
the base price that this card sold for, this particular card that you put in the search bar sold for, but they compare the card to the current player's index. And as long as they, as long as they track a single card in in their um, on their website, like it could be Randy Moss. Let's let's take Randy Moss for example. You find an an obscure, uh, really rare auto from some random year. Um, Randy and Rand, let's say they track they track the 1998 Topps Chrome Randy Moss uh, PSA 10 and like 19 other 20 other Randy Moss cards. So they have th those cards make up a player index for that player. So they use all of those cards on their website to create a player index. And with how those cards fluctuate in price, that change so does you know so does the player index. So they compare that's the the point in time that this particular card sold for in 2014 or something. They compare that to how the index has been doing since 2014. So they they estimate the as if if the if that particular card sold today they have an estimated price value of what it should go for today so that's the, like this yeah this is this powerful stuff if you if you know if you go into a card show and you you just find something crazy and you like the seller's asking like $5000 for it something stupid and something it shouldn't even be close to that you can literally show them your phone, show them quickly search this card on using this using this tool on card on card letters app, and show the dealer like, dude, this card sold for two hundred dollars like three years ago. The, realistically, this card should be valued closer to fifteen hundred dollars, and you're asking five grand for it. So you know, the, I think it should, the the value should be closer to this. So it's like, like. I, I'm telling you, like I, I, like I couldn't think of a better comparison than bringing a gun to a knife fight. Like you're, you, the amount of, pre like prepared that you are, and the, and the amount of data that you have with just this simple search bar is, it's just insane. I can't imagine being a car dealer and then some guy pulls this app out and I'm like, oh fuck! All right, what? Yeah, I'm just gonna wear a card ladder shirt to every card show for the rest of my life just so they know i'll be like don't fuck with me man i'm gonna open my phone and you're gonna give me the best price on this card no this is incredible man and i think i think they're probably gonna gain a lot of new customers just based on your enthusiasm and description of what's going on and of course the very obvious tip of the cap by psa you know and and acquiring this company and it's going to be exciting to see where they go from here. The hobby is still doing very well. And I think PSA marrying themselves to this, this, you know, hard data company that's doing something unique aesthetically, visually, it's not just numbers, you know, obviously these numbers are in a spreadsheet, but the way that we get them, they're translated to a much more beautiful product. Um, and they do some really cool stuff, man. So check them out. Jesse's obviously a huge advocate. There's something else that you probably want to advocate for as well, because Jesse, you and I, about six, eight months ago, we bought collectively a hockey card. Does that sound about right? You and I bought a Yarmir Yager card six to eight months ago, and it really kicked off sort of that fever for Yager. And we have since parted ways with that card. I wish I had the shocker sound effect. I don't have one. I don't do sound effects on this show. Jesse, tell people about this. So, uh, th I found this card completely by accident. I think it was around the time that you mentioned Yager on a, an episode very early on, early on in 2020, um, in one of our first shows. It, it might have even just been on your on your Patreon. Uh, it was very very early, and I, you know, I was going through eBay searching Yager cards because he was he's my favorite ever hockey player. Um, He's like, I'm wearing his Flyers jersey right now. Um, just, uh, dude, he was the best. He played one one year here for us, but he was awesome. Um, and I found this very, very intriguing uh, contenders auto card of his on my slabs that I thought was, I'm like, dude, this is so affordable. So I, I, I messaged you immediately, and I think, I can't remember if it was a buy it now or... Um, if the, if the guy was taking offers, but it, so the card was a 2013, um, 
Panini contenders, Yarmir Yager. It was like a, it was an, it was a, like an insert auto. It was, a, I think it was a rookie ticket recall auto. So it, the, the, the photograph of him on the card was probably him from his rookie season with Pittsburgh. Um, really, it's a really cool freaking card. Um, it was the gold parallel out of five, BGS 10, auto 10, pop one, needless to say. I like, what did you think of the card, Nate? Oh God. I, now obviously I was over the moon about this card, maybe even more than you were. I know you liked the card. This was like one of, so Jesse and I, we've had a, a couple of cards we've purchased collectively and Jesse being the sweetheart that he is, he always lets them get delivered at my house. So I stare at these cards. That I think are really cool. And this particular card, I was super enamored with i mean it was a it was a, a stunning card truthfully very cool now bear in mind guys jesse said 2013 yager was a rookie in 1990 and he's still playing hockey by the way he's almost 50 years old yeah it's um it, it, or you're talking about the the czech league right the, the czech team that he owns yes yeah. yes okay yes we should he's not in the nhl anymore he would probably be dust in the nhl but He's still playing in the Czech Republic, I believe, for the team that he owns. I mean, he's almost 50 right now, and he's still playing. So, I mean, I'm sure he's he's for sure helping the team's attend the 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 attendance, right? Um, with him continuing to play. Is this like uh, is this like the movie with Will Ferrell where he owns the semi pro semi pro basketball team? Is Yager worried about concessions and stuff like this and merchandise sales? Uh, I, I hope not. I mean, he I, I can only imagine he could probably play better, I'm sure, than well I don't I don't you know, I, I haven't subscribed to the Czech uh Czech League, um uh you know, whatever, NHL like the their pass or whatever. <laughs> um so I, I, I don't get their games here. The check pass, yeah, I don't. <laughs> the check pass. We'll look into that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If they could sponsor this show, that would be great. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like uber impressive just to just to know that he's playing professionally anywhere in the world right now, or just playing in general. Like he could be, I don't know, playing with like his grandkids at this point for all we know. Um, but this card, dude, it was, uh, I like I fell in love with the card immediately as soon as as soon as I saw it. I sent it to you. You were over the moon about it. So I'm like, all right, I, we have to do this. So we went 50-50 on the card, got it shipped to your house. I thought we got a great deal. Um, and immediately uh, you were you were asking me, you know, if we sell this card one day, like we should really hold on to it for a while. Um, but if we sell this card one day, like there's no way that we're losing money here. Just the deal was too good. The card is insane. Like there was only, there were only a handful of years that Panini had the license all too. So this is, this is a licensed card. This isn't like Panini MLB where they, uh, Panini doesn't have the right to show the logo on the player's jerseys or helmet. Um, like, like, bat, uh, their, uh, their batting helmet. So, um, it, like it was, it was a big deal for Yager cards and, uh, you know, off, off air, you asked me a little bit, of, like around the time that, that we decided to, you know, un unfortunately move on from the card. You asked me, is this one of Yager's best cards? And I, I brushed it off. I said, no, um, I'm like, no, nah, there's no way like, dude, there are PMGs like there, like if you've seen nineties PMGs and star rubies and stuff, like they had the license back then. I'm sure they made hockey cards back then. So like, you know, skybox and metal universe, um, you know, those are probably the nicest Yager cards you'll ever find. I am not super educated on hockey cards. I don't actively collect hockey. Um, I came to find out later that evening that PMGs weren't made for hockey until 2012 from Fleer. So, um, and I think even then, I, I can't remember if Fleer was operating under Upper Deck or not, if Upper Deck bought them. So, I mean, honest, honestly, I... Uh, you know, I have a lot more conviction now that this might have been one of the nicest Yager cards in existence, nice, nicest and most unique Yager cards in existence. So, Nate, you called it. In the world, in the whole world, Jesse. In the world, in, in the world. The, in the world, in the whole universe. That card, I, I mean, I, I, I feel like we should be transparent about this card, but I will say whether Jesse wants to divulge or not. Oh, no, yeah, divulge away. Divulge, I was going to uh, yeah. 
So I believe collectively, I think the card in total price when we bought it was what six hundred to six fifty. It was uh seven. It was like seven fifty, seven seventy five, something like that. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't even remember the stuff. Seven seventy five. So we went half on this card. Recently sent it to consignment through somebody that's going to come on this podcast eventually, and Jesse will probably tell you about that. And through his consignment, Jesse and I were talking. We're like, well, I don't know how much this card's going to sell for. We knew it would sell for more than we bought it for. It's been months. It's a stunning Yager card, as you heard me. One of the best in the whole universe. Little did we know, when this auction closed through this consigner, the card ended up selling for more than, what, three times its value? About three and a half times its value, roughly? Yeah, it sold for for a little over twenty five hundred dollars. Twenty five hundred dollars. We were in it for a total of like seven fifty, seven seventy five, like we said. Um, yeah. So we 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 decided to consign with. Um, I I you know I convinced Nate. The whole reason why we even decided to sell the card in the first place is because uh, if you guys follow me on on Instagram at flippity flip cards and and of course on Twitter on, on Twitter at planet underscore fatness, um, you know I post a lot of my PC pickups um, and uh, and they're all you know very recent pickups and I was trying to consolidate for a 1998 Star Rubies uh, out of 50 Jerry Rice BGS 85 and I think that's the highest grade of that card. Um, that's a monster. That's a monster card for me. So I already had the 97 and I wanted to pair it with it. I wanted the 98 to pair with it. So I needed, you know, I, I wanted to use some card funds to, to consolidate for it. And so I texted Nate Nate was super cool about it. He's like, yeah, dude, you want, you're ready to sell. I'm cool with selling. Like I, I, I feel like we'll do okay selling this card and these, these cards don't pop up. So I already had the week, the week prior to us deciding to sell, I already sent off four or five cards to um, the Wharf, the Wharf Sports Cards Consignment Service. Um, that's uh, headed by headed by Nick. I think he he runs the company out of um, the consignment service out of Illinois. Nick's an awesome dude. You can you can hit him up on Instagram. Um, in, his Instagram uh, handles the same name. Um, uh, Wharf Sports Cards, and he'll he'll respond to you like by the next day if you have any questions about consignment or anything. He's a super genuine, good dude. Um, like he's honestly one of my favorite people I've met in the hobby. Um, and his, I mean, credit to him. Like his auctions get eyeballs, man. Like they, I've had, I've had shockingly good success. Like cards going for. I've had one card go for multiples more than I thought it would. Honest to God, it's like it, it's it's crazy. Just just with the, like the amount of people that watch his stuff. So I'm like, dude, I, I feel I'd feel really good if we can sign with him. And you know, he's somebody I trust, and I don't think I, I don't think um, you know I, he he's not going to screw us. Like, I, I, no offense to some other consignment services, but I've heard horror stories, and I've only heard good things about uh, about. Um, his consignment from very from a lot of people I trust, so I felt super comfortable sending you know this relatively high dollar card to him, um, and I mean it sold for it sold for more than I think if we would have just listed it on eBay ourselves via auction for, for like seven day auction and Sunday night I think I think this auction that ended on like a Wednesday. Did way it did way better than what our auction would have. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. That was dead zone. And it's still I, I can't believe I'm shocked. Jesse and I were looking at it like three hours left. It was sitting at maybe seventeen hundred or twenty one hundred. I think it was still under two thousand and we were talking and we're like, this thing's gonna break two K because it had like seventy or eighty watchers. Yep, it had. We kept we kept messaging like we almost messaged by the day. We're like, dude, fifty watchers, fifty watchers, holy shit! And then like each day, it would it would steadily grow, and um, it kind of gives me some confidence about the hockey market. Like in terms of it, I mean, for as much as that. All right, so that card sold for around twenty five hundred dollars. Um, so we netted a pretty good profit. But if that card was uh, like a basketball card. Or if it was a card in another sport, like dude, that like we're we're talking like potentially, uh, any, like between five and ten thousand dollars. Like I I don't I think I'm being conservative. Pretty easily, yeah, pretty easily. I mean, I'm not saying hockey cards. I'm not gonna 
come out that hockey cards are undervalued, but it's of like if you if you are currently a hockey fan or um if you have a lot of nostalgia about hockey, so like you if you want to kind of jump into pl- collecting players or investing in players that you loved as a kid or you remember playing like NHL 94 or something or you know NHL of early 2000s for my years um you like there's there's opportunity there 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 is an opportunity there and you can build like some of the collections for a fraction of even football an even smaller fraction of basketball so in in terms of getting into hockey like whether you want to collect or invest it's it's a very collector friendly sport to get into um in terms of how much the cards actually cost so this may have been one of the better Yaramir Yager cards in the world. I like I don't even think it's that bold to say. Um but the the price that it went for, it's it's just like it's crazy how how I'll 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 use underappreciated. How underappreciated hockey is compared to compared to other sports. Uh, you know, I want to talk about somebody who's underappreciated too and might also be a buy low in their own right as we're as you're so eloquently putting it. But before we do, I have to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Download the Underdog app today. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD and get $25 bonus cash for new players who deposit. Jesse, speaking of buy low, speaking of underappreciated truly, and I think people are starting to sour on this individual because of consecutive years of injuries, it's hard. It's not necessarily his fault. He's so amazing when he's on the field. Is right now, and I feel like we've rewind the calendar a year. I feel like this is Groundhog's Day. Is right now the best time to buy Christian McCaffrey? The data shows me that it's it's going to be tougher. It's I'm predicting that it'll be tougher to find a better time to buy than around this time to maybe like maybe January. Uh, like you know, kind of through the Super Bowl, um, so I, I went ahead uh, and looked at Christian McCaffrey's uh, market index on Card Ladder's website, and I, I've I've explained this feature before if if you haven't heard it on previous previous uh, episodes. Um, so his his market index, basically, you know, the valuation of of his market in the same way that 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 stocks or that stock indexes are measured. Um, his market was val- was uh, valued at uh, 15,242 points on September 22nd of this year. So that's, you know, that's a pretty strong market for a running back and for, for a position that's not super collectible, especially if it's a current player. Not there, there aren't, there aren't many big, uh, you know, running current running back collectors um, and investors in, in the hobby. So, Right before he was mar- he was uh, ruled out for the year, and the, the Panthers shut him down. His market index dropped to twelve thousand two hundred eighty four in mid November. So this is this is like week like you know a week or two before he was shut down. As of a few days ago, uh, December twelfth, his market is now valued at ninety two ninety seven. So that's that's. That's just about a 6,000 point drop from its peak in mid to late September. So in just a three month span, um, ever since though, like over the past couple of days, it picked, it picked back up slightly to a little over 9,500, 9,500 points. Um, but it's still significantly down compared to what it was over the last couple of months over this season. Even when he was injured, it was initially injured in the year. It was still higher. Um, so I, I went ahead and I looked at, but besides looking at his player index, which I think is probably one of the best tools out there to look at to see if, um, when when it's a, a decent opportunity to buy a dip or consider buying a dip on a player, um, I went ahead and look at and looked at a couple of uh, individual examples of cards that you know dropped precipitously. Um, so the the first card I went ahead and looked at was the 2017 select uh, field level silver PSA 10 uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, this card is a low pop, um, pop forty-two. So we're seeing, where I can't, I can't uh, imagine what the twenty twenty select 
uh, pop counts are going to be. They're going to once like PSA economy level opens, um, it's going to be astronomical. But um, but in 2017 through th- 2017, 2016, 17, and 18, it was a fairly low pop card. It's a, a select field level silver was a tough card to pull out of the select product. Um, so for a pop 42 for McCaffrey, that's a that's a significantly low pop for that card. Um, in early September, right before the season started, it sold for $500. Um, and even before then, it, it so that wasn't even the peak of the year. Uh, it peaked in late April, um, right around draft time. That's when uh, Newsflash, that's kind of when a lot of cards start going crazy because people get really excited for the draft and they remember that football exists. Um, it sold around, uh, it, it peaked around draft time in late April 2021 for $580. So going into the season, it's it's available for $500, sells for that price in early September. Um, the last sale on December 8th, so a, around a week before you know we're recording this podcast, it sold for $150. Um, and according to a Card Ladder's predicted price tool, um, they value the card currently at $141. Um, with that valuation, that's a price drop of seventy percent within a three-month period. Um, so I think that's a pr- that once you're talking fifty percent and above, that's a pretty decent margin to consider buying that player's card. Um, I I don't know if you're going to hit the bottom, but I can certainly see this card going up by February, March, April. Um, even if you just want to hang on to it for for a couple months. Um, so that was, I mean, that 72%, that was like the most astounding drop I saw out of the three cards that I was, that I was looking at. Um, the second card is the 2017 Optic Hollow Christian McCaffrey PSA 10. This pop was slightly higher, um, uh, at 156. So Optic definitely inserted some more hollow cards, which is basically their version of Prism than maybe select and, uh, than maybe selected. Um, this card sold for a little over $370 uh, during week one of the NFL season. It peaked at $450 again in mid-April of 2021. And the last sale uh, was on it occurred on December 11th for $125.50. That's a drop-off uh, drop of uh, 66% from its uh, September sale price. Uh, it... it that wasn't even that wasn't even the bottom. I we probably already hit the bottom on this card because it sold for under a hundred dollars uh, a couple days before that on December sixth. We haven't seen prices this low for this card since the spring of twenty twenty. That says a lot because that's when the card market began to enter its bull run. So I think like even if even if you're concerned about like re injury risk for McCaffrey. Um, in the off season, I think people, I, that's like too low, that too low to the point where it's hard to lose when, when a card like that is becoming that cheap, when when you're kind of getting it around the hundred dollar mark, just because you don't, you never see that card available for, for around that price otherwise. Um, and then we have, uh, the final card I took a look at was the 2017 select premier level Christian McCaffrey, uh, silver PSA 10. This is also a pretty sneaky low pop card. So, um, just kind of a, a little breakdown of how select, uh, releases their, uh, or how they print their, their three different levels of cards before 2020, cause 2020 had the club level. They have their concourse level, premier level and, and, uh, field level. Um, the concourse level is kind of the most readily available it's, it's, for the silver. It's kind of equivalent to like a prism silver. Um, and then premier level is, uh, slightly less printed and then concourse, or, or I'm sorry, a uh, field level, um, silver. That's like a super, super rare card to pull out of a pack. So this was, uh, uh this card has a uh, low pop of 59, not that much more than the field level silver. Uh, this card peaked at three hundred and thirty-one dollars uh, when it sold on eBay on September fifth, and it last sold also around the same range as the twenty seventeen Optic Hollow ninety ninety-two dollars on December fifth. Um, because of the low pop, this card actually doesn't pop up for sale very often, um, so it only sold a handful of times between September and now. Like by I'm talking like five times maybe. 
Um, the last three sales of the card went for before this $92 sale on December 5th. Um, the sales before that went for $201.50 on September 27th and $190 in late November. Um, the last time that this card sold for below $100 was February of 2020. So we're talking, we're talking the lowest price that this card has popped up for in like a two year period, basically at this point. Um, so I think even for, even for cards like, like these that aren't, you know, it's not a gold prism PSA 10 or something or gold kaboom or something. It's not like a super, super short print card. Um, these are more viewed as commodity cards. Um, I think it's, I think it's even, even for something as a commodity card, I still don't think it's a bad time right now, just because of how I'm seeing his index drop altogether. Especially, jeez, uh, like if if you're a McCaffrey collector right now, you, I, I mean, it sucks. You you never want to see a player you PC go down with with a pretty significant in injury, especially in back to back years. Um, but I think he's going to come back healthy in 2022. I think people in fantasy are going to sleep on him. I think people in cards are sleeping on him currently right now. Um, like there are people that just can't wait to sell to sell his stuff, and I think as a collector, like you, you better be having the time of your life right now, just scooping up McCaffrey for pennies, for you know, for 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 twenty five fifty cents on the dollar compared to what you what you could have gotten him early in the season. I've seen it myself. I I don't even PC McCaffrey. There, I, I went to a Philly show in uh, er, earlier this month, early December, and there was one seller. Uh, that had a 2017 concourse gold out of 10 McCaffrey PSA 10. And I asked him how much he was looking for the car. Cause I was asking for a friend um, who actually PCs McCaffrey. And you know, I, I, I was asking on his behalf and he's like, man, you know what? This card would have sold dollars going into the year. It was listed at one point. He wasn't lying because I, I, I already knew about this, uh, this listing beforehand. Um, in the summer, the card was at one point listed for $10,000 or best offer in the summer. Yep. Um, he said going into the year, I could have easily sold this for 2000. Um, and I think he was asking for around a thousand dollars and, and uh, like you can negotiate down to, you could, I, I could tell the seller was kind of desperate because that card got no attention. I and mean, meanwhile, in August, people would have been all over that regardless if it's a running back. So, um, you know, I, I was even considering it myself, but I, I really needed to save up those funds. I needed to be disciplined for that Jerry Rice Star Rubies. So that's the only reason why I didn't get the card. Um, uh, my buddy who collects McCaffrey said, oh, you know, I, I already have a, a different grade of that card, so I'm good, but I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, so he was he was already satisfied with his copy. But I'm telling you, like people are desperate to get rid of McCaffrey right now. And I think if you if you invest into into him, if you want, like there is money to be made, in my opinion. I'm with you. Your analysis is was incredibly deep. For people, you're probably gonna have to rewind this segment and listen to what Jesse said twice because he was so in depth. But he's exactly right. When you're looking at the drop, it does very much coincide with maybe people's lack of faith in McCaffrey long term, back to back seasons of different injuries, missed time. He's out for the rest of the year this year as well. But this is a guy that when he's on the field and he's healthy and he's running at a 90-plus percent snap share, he's a top three fantasy back in the league. He's 25 and a half years old. He's signed till, I believe, 2026. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And he's the most dynamic running back in the NFL. And one of the best backs we've seen... Maybe in our life when healthy. I mean, I, I'm not sure that you could probably put him in a list of four other running backs that you could even seriously start a conversation with him around, which is shocking for a guy that coming out of college was considered slightly undersized, you know, a good athlete. But there were question marks about McCaffrey. But every time he's on the field and healthy, irrespective of the quarterback, of the weapons around him, of his offensive line play, he's unstoppable and has his his floor is many running back ceilings which is the most shocking thing so I'm with you Jesse I think getting your hands on McCaffrey is huge and I think with the injuries that we've seen to McCaffrey 
We may see a different style of usage with him. We may see that snap share come down a little and see him use more in space than purely as a runner, which would be more valuable to the Panthers in the long run anyways because he's so dynamic purely as a pass catcher. That's exciting as hell. Like just just from I like not even from a card perspective, from a fantasy perspective. I I personally find that exciting. I love to see guys like him and there are there are many guys like him, but like I love I love to see him being used in space and see what he can do in the open field. Like this guy is a cheat code at running back. Like I can only think of two players right now, two running backs in the NFL right now that are cheat codes, him and Derrick Henry. Um, like it's, it's not even, and Derrick Henry is super well-respected in, in the card space as well. So, um, the fact that you can buy McCaffrey at a low point right now, like I'm, and we're talking like a two year low, like pre hobby boom low, like that's, that's just, that's asinine to me. Um, and I, and he's going to be available at, like I said, he's going to be available at a discount in fantasy drafts in, in, uh, in fantasy, in, uh, redraft leagues in um july and august and i know people are going to get him for a significant discount and he'll very likely outperform his adp i love it i totally agree with jesse's take there guys listen that was a whirlwind of information a absolute whirlwind of information jesse once again delivers on the christian mccaffrey take lots of news for you guys the car ladder stuff uh wharf consignment do you that's w-h-a-r-f for the people that were wondering how that was spelled Right. Yep. Worf sports cards. Yep. Yeah. That's honest to God. Like I, I'm Nick's a good buddy of mine. Um, and I've never used his, his platform. I've never used his service until a couple weeks ago and I couldn't be happier. Like I, I, if I'm going to, if I want to sell a decent, uh, you know, value, a dollar value of cards, I'm, I'm consigning to him before I ever send it to Probstein. No offense. Um, and like other, other consignments, unless if it's, if it's super high end or right, I'll go to golden. But, um, if, if it's not golden material, I'm for sure sending to Nick at Wharf sports cards. And guys, I should be very transparent. We don't get paid a single penny for any of the advertising that we've done today. <laughs> although we should, I th- I was gonna say at this point we should like uh, we we got to get the card ladder guys on this show too, uh, you know as like a, as an ongoing advertiser, um, and Nick as well. I can't I like you know I got to talk to the card ladder guys and and Nick I can't wait to interview him. I know he's uh, with football season it's like a super busy time of the year for him and a deck, I'm not exaggerating that guy works like 18 hour days. It's it's insane how he operates his business, um, but. Yeah, uh, we we really should get we really should be paid uh, by by some of these people with how how much we talk about them. We really should be paid. We'll see you guys next week on Clear the Cash. Yeah.